Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 39. Things can happen in sleep. In this case, bad things. These are the words of Dr. David Gazal as he tells the heartbreaking story of how he was introduced to sleep medicine. We featured this sleep medicine pioneer in episode 35, where he talked about kids and school problems in honor of ADHD awareness. In this bonus episode, you'll hear Dr. Gazal tell how, as a pediatrician in Israel, he was faced with a difficult task at 3 a.m. in the emergency room and how this experience drove him to want to know more about what happens during sleep and why ultimately his quest led him to the United States. After you listen to Dr. Gozal's story about SIDS, listen to episode 38 with Dr. Kevin Boyd, a pediatric dentist who brings an anthropological viewpoint to the question of what contributes to SIDS. And go ahead and subscribe so you get our next episode, which is part two of my conversation with Dr. Kevin Boyd. Let's listen in now to Dr. David Gazal. The way that I got introduced to sleep medicine was as a resident uh, on call in the emergency room in pediatrics. Um, was two, three o'clock in the morning. Um, I remember this very vividly. Um, a mom with a, with a look of desperation, um, despair um, in her eyes and in her demeanor, arrived with a baby in her arms, um, whom she had put to bed a few hours earlier, kissed uh, lovingly, um, and Baby was fine, everybody was fine. This was her firstborn baby, uh, was a, ba- a boy. Uh, she was uh, in the ninth heaven, having, you know, having had this baby and being so happy with the family and everybody else. And so she kissed the baby goodnight, uh, woke up with a Sixth Sense went to the baby's bed and found the baby was dead and he had died of sudden infodecidum. So she arrived with the recently defunct baby, whom of course we had, uh, I had the uh, difficult task of trying to revive because you do not 
declare a baby dead until you do CPR and attempt CPR, and then ultimately notifying the mom uh, that what she already knew was actually true. And so the, the, the story of this would say, okay, well, what's the difference between this and any other baby that died uh, with you? And the difference was that this was the first baby that was healthy and died during his sleep. So sudden infant death syndrome was something that I, as a resident, you don't really talk much about. Certainly this is a long, many years ago, so it, it's a very different perspective now. Uh, but at that time, it was called cot death. Um, um, and we didn't know much. All we knew was that it happens during sleep. So sleep became uh, an intriguing element that I had never thought of, that things can happen in sleep. In this case, bad things. Uh, but, you know, um, you become very interested about sleep in general. And this was really a prompt to how do I, I had just had my uh, firstborn uh, also born at that time. This obviously resonated quite a bit, uh, not because I thought that the same would occur, but the fact that there was a lot of parallels. It can happen to anyone. Uh, and so if it happened to this family, what was it that made it happen? And so uh, since it happened during sleep, I thought that I needed to learn as much sleep as I could. And, and at that time I was practicing, uh, or I was finishing my residency in, in Israel, uh, Professor Peretz Levy had uh, just uh, arrived back from his fellowship. He was a psychologist who was interested in dreams and uh, sleep in, in people that survived the Holocaust and had PTSD. And he had set up in the Technion, where he's the current president of the Technion, but then he was an assistant professor. Um, he had set up a sleep laboratory. Um, so I called him up and I said, look, I don't know anything about sleep, but I'm a pediatrician and I am, uh, would like to be able to learn about sleep a little bit more and see how we can measure sleep so that then I can take it to a group of babies and infants and children that may need this uh, because I'm sure that there are other things that happen in, 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 in sleep. He said, well, no problems. Uh, uh, you can come and spend the nights with my techs. And now these were the times where this was not digital sleep. This was uh, digital sleep, <laughs> really digital sleep, literally. Um, so I learned, uh, you know, I uh, we learned to, I learned to use all the polygraphs that were used at the time. Um, got my hands and fingers dirty and and black from. Uh, from the ink uh, that spilled and also the ink that you used to read it because you would slip pages and the, and the ink would attach. It was a badge of honor to have uh, black fingers. And at the same time, this was a very, um, a very innovative period because we, there were met, you know, the group at Stanford with Christian Gimino and 76 had just described sleep apnea. Um, and so there, uh, the issue that sleep could affect more than just uh, SIDS, that the, there were other things that could happen, was really coming along. Um, 
we were discovering the first cases of apnea of prematurity, and we were discovering babies with near miss sudden deaths that would survive what we call ALTEs now, or um, we were discovering that uh, there was a lot of uh, epilepsy that occurred at night. So, uh, you know, suddenly this, the, the, the field seemed that anything that you touched was almost like a gold mine for the researcher, but also an opportunity to really make a difference. Move forward a few years and I came to the States um, with the intent of uh, really bringing a solution to SIDS. It was a little bit naive, but uh, this is how you start, right? And, um, and so I wanted to not only be able to study um, the sleep component, the breathing component, the autonomic nervous system component, the metabolic component, and bring it all together in a susceptible child and identify who would be the babies that are susceptible. This was what drove me to come to the States. But also at the same time to develop animal models and start uh, you know, a, a more translational type of, of research. To hear more about Dr. Gozal's translational research and its tremendous impact on children and their families, listen to episode 35. For more on SIDS, listen to episode 38 with Dr. Kevin Boyd, a pediatric dentist who brings an anthropological viewpoint to the question of what contributes to SIDS. And go ahead and subscribe so you get part two of my conversation with Dr. Kevin Boyd. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question, is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.